I wish things were different. I wish it didn't have to be this way. How often have these or maybe similar words escaped our lips when things didn't go exactly as we planned or exactly as we imagined or when life gets hard, which is very often? Imagine for a moment this Christmas morning that we suddenly found ourselves in Mary and Joseph's shoes on Christmas night. I think that, at least in my case, I have to assume that many of those same thoughts and ideas would be running through my head. I wish things were different. I wish it didn't have to be this way. Why did Caesar Augustus have to call for this dumb census anyways? Doesn't he realize how inconvenient this is for all of us? The government is always meddling, always pushing us around. I'm fed up with it. I didn't vote for that guy over there in Rome. Why should we be put out like this? I wish things were different. I wish it didn't have to be this way. This road from Nazareth to Bethlehem is so overgrown and rocky and dangerous. I can't believe that we have to walk 60 miles on foot. My wife is pregnant for crying out loud. This is insanity. We have to go so slow, too. It's taking forever. By the time we make it there, all of the inns are sure to be very full. I just know it. Why did my ancestors have to come from Bethlehem of all places? I want to go back home. I wish it didn't have to be this way. Oh, great. Look, I was right. There's no room in any of these inns. This dinky little town is so crowded with travelers right now. Where can we even find dinner at this time of night? I didn't make any reservations, did you? My stomach is empty. It's cold. This is miserable. I wish things were different. I wish it didn't have to be this way. Oh, boy. Now my wife is about to have her baby. This is the worst possible time. What is going on? This guy over here at least says that he has a cave that we can hang out in and crash. A stable of all places. We have to sleep with the animals tonight. This is terrible. That won't be pleasant at all. I'm a failure of a husband. I can't even find a nice warm place for my wife to have her baby in. We only have this nasty, rough manger of a crib. Animals eat out of it. He deserves so much better than this. I wish it didn't have to be this way. Now, who are these guys coming and barging in on our family time? Shepherds? Are you kidding me? Go away. Can't you see that we are busy here? Leave us alone. You're not welcome. You're creeping us out anyways. You smell bad. You probably have all sorts of diseases. Your sheep are loud. And now you're saying that some angels told you to come and find us this late at night? Somebody call the police, please. I wish it didn't have to be this way. I wish things were different. Let's face it. If we had been in Joseph and Mary's shoes, Christmas night would have probably been much angrier and a much less peaceful night. A night maybe overwhelmingly stressful and frustrating. A night of wishing lots and lots of different things had gone differently. Oh, holy night? For us, it would have been more like, oh, hectic night. But that's not how it went down in history. 
No, Christmas night, as we all know, was holy. It was peaceful. It was thankful. It was radiant. It was filled with the light of angels and the glory of God. It was full of grace and truth. And that's what we all want, isn't it? To be thankful and peaceful, alert and recollected at life's most meaningful, most important moments. To be able to really, truly welcome Jesus into everything that's going on in our lives. But I know I catch myself wishing that life circumstances, especially the most difficult and annoying parts of life, were different. That I didn't have to deal with some of the stuff I struggle with day in and day out. But here's the thing. When I focus on that, when I spend my energy just futilely wishing things were different, well then, I get angry. And I get very tense. And I get upset and ungrateful. I become blinded to goodness. And I start to kind of crumple up in anxiety and fear. I wish it didn't have to be this way. But we're so wounded, aren't we? We're very wounded people. We're so scattered and torn apart and divided by our personal sins, our worldly occupations, our various attachments and selfishness. We're so focused on what's going wrong. We're so zeroed in on how we would run the universe differently, run the church differently, run our country differently. If only we were somehow put in charge, we would do things differently. And as a direct result, when we think like that, we often cannot see and appreciate the good and glorious things that our God really actually is doing here and now. When we become like that, it actually very tragically becomes harder and harder for us to receive our Savior. Why? Well, because I think we're trying to control the way that he comes into our life. We're trying to insist that he comes in the way that we want him to arrive. No, not that way, Jesus. That's hard. That's annoying. That's frustrating. Not that way. Do it this way, Lord. I know best. Have we forgotten that Jesus is not just one way among many? Christianity is not just the best option on the buffet of religious options. Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus is the way. Period. And Joseph and Mary knew this, and they lived by that truth. They were able to live justly and reverently, awaiting the blessed hope, the appearance of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that fact enabled them to welcome Christ, the newborn King, into this world with the grace and the confidence that we know they welcomed him with. They were recollected and ready. They were in pure union with God in such a beautiful and real way that they, unlike us oftentimes, could adapt and they could adjust to the movements of God's providence. Joseph and Mary were humble and little enough to not be so disturbed 
by everything going on around them. Their hearts were firm in faith, anchored in perfect confidence. They were sure of God and his beautiful promises. They saw the hand of the Lord moment to moment without fear and without anxiety. And they could say, oh, okay, Lord, this is how you're choosing to come. It's not what I would have chosen, but it's what you chose. And so let it be done unto us. Let it be done unto us. O holy night, O night divine. Yeah, a night divine and holy with all the mess, a holy and divine night with all of the discomforts of life. Yes, it was a holy and divine night with all of those inconveniences, but this is the night of our dear Savior's birth, a thrill of hope. Our weary souls rejoice, for a child is born to us, a son is given us, upon his shoulder dominion rests, they name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. This little child, born into poverty, born into dirt and grime with no place to lay his head, born into a world blistered with real sin, born to spend himself in love for oftentimes proud and ungrateful people like us, born to save us sinners, born to open up for us the possibility of having a real relationship with the Father of mercies, born to one day be strung up on a cross between two criminals. That little tiny child, that divine child, now beckons us this morning. Become like me. Be converted. Die to yourself a little more today. Lower yourself a little more today. Don't waste so much time shaking your fists against me, saying, I wish things could be different. I wish it didn't have to be this way. Be not afraid. I have placed you here and now for a reason. And grace is being given to you to handle this, whatever you're going through. Jesus is saying to us, join me in the manger. Be here with me. And I think that our response to that beautiful invitation is what we just sang in our psalm this morning. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all you lands. Announce his salvation day after day. Tell his glory among the nations, among all his people, his wondrous deeds. Yes, that's our job. And that's our response to his invitation to go and announce this salvation in our lives, in the way that we behave, in the words that we speak every day. Because the world needs that deep interior healing, a healing that opens our eyes to God's glory and empowers us to accept his will, welcome him into every square inch of our lives, to say with all of our hearts, come Lord Jesus, come. That's why the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the celebration of the Eucharist, is so absolutely central. In just a moment, we will literally welcome our Lord into our bodies. The same exact Jesus who was born on Christmas night will come to you in the Holy Eucharist 
today under the appearance of bread. But it is not bread. It's him. Would you rather him come in another way? Do you wish it didn't have to be this way? But this is the way that he chose to come to us. It didn't have to be this way. And yet, can we imagine a more beautiful, a more humble, a more intimate way that he could have chosen to come to us and unite himself with us than to be so humble and so lowly to be our food? to be in a manger for us, where we eat from. The golden vessel, where we consecrate the Holy Eucharist, the golden ciborium is what we call it, is just like the Christmas manger in Bethlehem. It holds the divine Son that has been given us, given for the life of the entire world. And so this morning, as we celebrate Christmas... I invite you to lay everything that you're going through on this altar. All of the stress and all the struggles, everything that you are sad about, everything that is making you angry and worried, place it in the ciborium as we set it on the altar, as the bread and the wine become the body and blood of our incarnate Lord. For today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. Today and every day, on every altar, every Sunday, he is born. Every day, he is born on our altar in the breaking of the bread until he comes again one day in glory. This Eucharistic manger from which the church is now nourished is a place of rest for you. It is where we are drawn into union with the heart of God. Mary and Joseph gather around this manger with us. The shepherds gather around this manger with us. All the angels and all the saints, they come and they adore. They fall on their knees and we join them. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Again today, as then, this coming of his is wrapped in mystery. Then a cave received him. Now it is the stone of an altar. The tender features of a baby veiled his divinity. Now the white appearance of bread hides him. But just as then in the little baby, so too now in the consecrated host, the real presence of the Son of God is to be found.